Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. We, uh, I think it would be a mistake to not lead the show with some unfortunate news today, though. Uh, former Mississippi State head women's basketball coach Nikki McCray Pinson passed away uh, today. Very, uh, very sad news. A remarkably accomplished coach and player. I, I knew the resume was good because I remember when she was hired at Mississippi State. But uh, a professional, uh, outstanding player, three-time WNBA All-Star, won three different gold medals, two of which were at the Olympics. Another one was a, a world championship. She was a CUSA coach of the year. Uh, outstanding coach, outstanding player, and uh, has unfortunately left this world too soon. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get to know her that well. Her time here in Starkville was obviously very short, only the one season, and it was the COVID season. So you, you know, you couldn't really build those relationships with coaches like you can, you know, before and after uh, those times, but. From from reading social media today, obviously well beloved by her players and a lot of other people here in the Starville community, and, and a true uh, icon of women's basketball, a great player. Uh, you know, you're seeing you know uh, testimonials coming in from from all of the uh, the sporting world who who knew who Nikki McCrapenson was. So very tragic loss, of course. You know, she left Mississippi State uh, due to her health, and uh, you know fought hard, I guess, for for two two years after that. Uh, and in the end, just became too much. And so, uh, you know, we obviously we'll offer up uh, our prayers for her family and for the, her loved ones. Uh, very tough day. A couple bad days in a row for Mississippi State with the loss of Johnny Cooks and now Nikki McCray Pinson. Yeah, for uh, for sure. So, uh, parroting what Haydad said, yeah, we're uh, thinking about her family and uh, just a, a really tough, really tough and really sad day. And uh, especially in the women's basketball community, I saw. Uh, the, the heavyweight, Don Staley, re- release a, a, a thoughtful statement. Mm-hmm. Coach Yo, currently at Ole Miss, uh, did the same thing as Haydad said, just pouring in. And uh, I think it would be a mistake to not lead the show with that. Uh, some sad and unfortunate news on this Friday. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borky. He is Brian Haydad. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, be a part of the show today on the ceasefire text on 601 879 4395. We've got a lot to get to today. It is uh, July 7th. And so 
not really a heavy sports news day. However, there's a couple of things. One, a college football story that came out earlier today that is bizarre. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We'll also get into uh, an SEC coach ranking. Spoiler alert, Zach Arnett's dead last. But there's a caveat in that. He hadn't coached yet, so they put him at the bottom and were like, hey, should, we, we don't know. You should have just walked away. You should have just thrown the grenade and turned around and just been like, Zach Arnett, dead last. We'll talk about that later in the show. Yeah, that would have been the more appropriate spoiler, I guess. But, yeah, you're, anytime you see a coach ranking, Zach Arnett's going to be at the bottom because nobody just nobody knows yet. They have no idea. It's not an indictment on him or the hire. It's just more or less, you don't know. I don't like where Clark Lee is, but it's a good list, and we'll get to that. We've got two teams yeah. on our countdown. Barrett Salih made a good days. list. Just brace yourself. I know, it's, right? It's going to be all right. Yeah. The end times are upon us. Except for that dead last thing. But I think state fans understand uh, that's kind of where he had to go. It's like an N.A., like non-applicable. Like You should only yeah. rank 1 through 13 and just have Arnett there because you got nothing to go by. But anyway. Uh, so we'll get to that. we got a couple of teams uh, to get you on our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We'll go to the Big Ten and the Big 12 today uh, as we continue our countdown. We are 50 days away now from week zero. We are, I believe, 24 days away from the start of Saints training camp as well. I think it's 24 days until they begin training camp. Something like that. I love it. Yeah, I think it's 20. Love to hear it. Something. Either way. So uh, we're, we're getting close, getting close, getting close. But here's the uh, here's the college football story of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. Out of Northwestern. And and as, as as you guys know, Pat Fitzgerald is, is widely respected in the coaching community. Gets constant praise for the job he's done at one of the more difficult places to win. Not only do they have high academic standards... Very small fan base in a conference that features Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, etc. Done a nice job there. Native son. He got suspended for two weeks, but not two games, just two weeks in July, which how punitive uh, is that? But either way, and, and here's why. In January of this year, of course, just after the conclusion of the 2022 season, reading from On3 here, Northwestern launched an investigation into hazing allegations within the football program. Here in July, now, the school has completed that investigation and found the claims to be credible. They provided an executive summary of their findings Friday morning. Imagine that, a Friday news dump of uh, something that is unbecoming of your institution and the punishments that was At least it was early in the day. It was early in the day. It wasn't the 5 o'clock news dump, you know? Yeah. But still, here's what they found. Current and former players varied on their perspective on the conduct. However, the investigative team determined that the complaints claims were largely supported by the evidence gathered during the investigation, including separate and consistent first-person accounts from current and former players. While the investigation did not uncover evidence pointing to specific misconduct by any individual football player or coach, participation in or knowledge of the hazing activities was widespread across football players. I'm going to keep reading, and then we, we need to go back to that paragraph, though. 
The summary explained that there's no evidence the coaching staff knew what was going on, but stated that there was plenty of opportunity for them to find out about the hazing. Quote, the investigation did not discover sufficient evidence to believe that the coaching staff knew about ongoing hazing. They determined, however, that there had been significant opportunities to discover and report the hazing conduct. As a result of the findings, Northwestern is suspending head coach Pat Fitzgerald immediately, among other restrictions. Fitzgerald has been placed on a two-week suspension without pay, beginning immediately, the summary said. It also noted that football practices at a thing that they used to do, called Camp Kenosha, will be permanently discontinued. Let me go back to that paragraph, though. Current and former players varied on their perspective of the conduct. The investigative team determined that the complaint's claims were largely supported by the evidence gathered during the investigation, including separate and consistent first-person accounts from current and former players. While the investigation did not uncover evidence pointing to specific misconduct by an individual player or coach, participation in or knowledge of the hazing activities was widespread across the football players. Okay, so you're telling me that you found evidence that supported that players were widespread in participation of the hazing via first-person accounts. Yet, you couldn't name a specific player. You couldn't find a specific player that did it, but you found that it happened by first-person accounts? And you're telling me that that's a thorough and complete investigation into hazing? It's as thorough and complete as they wanted it to get. They didn't want to go much further down the road. Doesn't it sound just like that? Didn't they don't want to fire Pat Fitzgerald. By the way, if I said list the top three coaches who you would believe would, would have a hazing thing going on at their their program, Fitzgerald's in the top three, right? Former player, tough as nails. He strikes me as the kind of guy who's like, get up! And, and you know, it's just Northwestern, so they don't really move the needle, but I haven't seen anybody like circle that and say, hey, wait, what? First-person yeah. accounts... Widespread. Oh my gosh! Can't pinpoint it was, to a single player, though. If you could put that on Smart or Saban, might actually get college football to lead Sports Center. Yeah, 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 yeah maybe not. This, this, this reeks of we, we could, we would have to fire him if we kept investigating. So everybody's happy with a two-week suspension. Let's all move on with our lives. And banning something called Camp Kenosha, which just sounds bad. I know it's a actual place in Wisconsin. No, it sounds fun. Kenosha is like probably a nice little town. It sounds like a place you'd go and stay on the lake and you know water ski and you know cook out at night. Now I'm sure it's like the Junction Boys up in there, but you know, 75 and, and not humid. So I don't know how how brutal can it possibly be. But yeah. So there's your college football news of the day. Uh, you know, allegedly, my opinion, whatever. Uh, it just certainly feels like that's a convenient conclusion to something that you and your own report called widespread with first-person accounts and knowledge, and yet you couldn't name a player, and you found that the coaches didn't know but could have. Now, wait, what? What do you mean they could have, but they didn't? Sounds like an awful lot of turning a blind eye anyway. So there's your college football news of the day. Uh, 
It's July 7th. That's about the best you're going to get in terms of college football news. But we're going to have fun with you anyway. We've got a lot of good stuff coming your way on this show right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Text us, 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Welcome back. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Mike in Oxford points out that there is the Major League Baseball draft on Sunday. There's, of course, local interest in two ways. You want to see your former players get picked high and get to chase their dreams, and you also want to see some of your recruits not get picked high and chase their dreams at your school. (laughs) It's an interesting dynamic there. Monday we'll have a lot of that because right now you just don't know. I mean, I know Ole Miss is closely watching a couple of guys that they really need to not get picked in the draft. Uh, because mm-hmm. right now, same mistake. They, they've added some nice pieces in the portal, but not near enough. And uh, if a couple of these guys get drafted high, then then you become desperate. Yeah, basically. Yeah, same same with same with state, obviously. And you know, looking at you know what players are going to get drafted. I mean, Colton Ledbetter, everywhere I look, he's a top 50 prospect or so. So he'll he'll head on to the majors and probably be a high draft choice and good for him. But then you got guys like Amani Larry. You know, is he going to come back to Starkville or not? Probably depends on what happens with him. I think Kellum Clark will be drafted, and he'll probably move on. But you never know. He still has some eligibility left. So we'll have to see. Yeah, plenty more to talk about with that on Monday when we have all the results in. Dan says, Borky, they know that snitches get stitches. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's part of it. But when you claim that you launched an independent investigation and then you find a bunch of things, then eh, I don't know. It just it felt a little shameless. I get it. I, I, I get it. But anyway, another message. It would have to be an off day for Stephen A. Smith for, uh, for that to happen unless they can tie it into the Lakers or the Knicks somehow. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because I didn't play oh, no. it. So... ESPN just laid off a bunch of people, right? And that comes after a few months ago they laid off a bunch of people and that they basically stopped covering college football for a while. And they still kind of do, but not really. And, you know, they've they've got – what is it? Pete Thamel now is at ESPN. And and you've got Ryan McGee that writes college football during the season, but they they really don't cover it anymore uh, the the way they used Mm to. Um, so they do all that, and then this is the kind of stuff that they have invested millions in, and this is what the the worldwide leader in sports puts on the airwaves now, as opposed to when I was a kid growing up, ESPN was the pinnacle of everything. I depended on them for everything, and I loved everything about what they did because every team felt important. This was this week on the worldwide leader in sports. Courtney mentioned that Anthony Rendon is also out for the Angels. Oh, who cares? I wish him well. It takes out their top, I'm just going to say, it takes out their top three players in order of payroll. and. Okay, okay, let me say something. (laughs) I wish him well. I'm Uh not talking about not wishing him, I'm not rooting Uh against him being healthy or whatever. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, no one cares about you. 
No one. I don't even know. I've been in L.A. quite often. I never hear anybody talking about the Angels. We love driving by the stadium. Uh-huh. It looks really nice. Uh-huh. No one cares. You're irrelevant. Period. That's why I said we'll that leave it about there. We'll leave it there. So that's one of those things that that like you can't say that, but it's so true. I know you don't like it, but that is a. I mean, nobody does care. But when you but when you bill yourself as the worldwide leader in sports, you can't say that people don't care about a certain team. Uh, it's, it, it's a professional sports franchise. I mean that that is the face of ESPN. If you ask the the uh, just a man on the street, tell me who name an ESPN personality. It's either him or Scott Van Pelt, and they put Van Pelt yeah, on at midnight, so. and he outperforms all of these other garbage shows. But but that is the voice, the face of the quote-unquote worldwide leader in sports that says that about a professional team that is currently in the playoff hunt. Now, make your jokes about they haven't won with Otani and Trout, but right now they are certainly within reach, and they've been decimated by injuries lately, but they're certainly in the playoff hunt. So a team that is not bad, not great, but not bad, and currently rosters... A generational player. The best player since Babe Ruth, and a lot of people argue that he's better. One of the, if not the greatest talent of all time. Will he become the greatest player of all time if he keeps this up? Yes. Hadn't done it yet. But if he keeps this up, yes. And he's on the roster. And that's the message that comes out of that place. And that's all the time. That is constant. And so, when you, or if you're like me, Television ratings interest me. For some reason, I'm interested. When there's a big college football game, I like to know how many people watched it the next day. Same thing with all the other sports. I I feel like I understand it well, and and it interests me. College football is clearly, by far, the second most popular sports item in this country. And there's not a close second. It is the NFL, which is way up here, and then there's there's a... Pretty significant step below the NFL, and it's college football. And then there's another really significant step before you get to the other sports. And ESPN, who spends billions to air college football, treats it like it's nothing. I can't wrap my mind around it. And so... When they make all these cuts, and, and and I've read some reaction to all that as well, ESPN clearly is investing in the stuff that works. Are they? Because they don't cover college football. They don't cover it. And it's the second most popular thing that they air, and they only air one NFL game a week. How many college football games do they air a week? Dozens. And it's an afterthought. But boy, we get more Dame Lillard takes, that's for sure. And we get to hear about how the team that rosters the best player in baseball is irrelevant. It's so sad what they've become. I, every time I see a clip like that, it blows my mind. Because what you used to be was everybody matters. Every game matters. Every team matters. College football matters. And now, let's talk about Dame Lillard. Because that's what the sports fan right now is super interested in. Is is Dame Lillard's trade request to Miami? Yeah, that's what that's what the people want for sure. Yeah, 
Did you get it all out? I think you I good? got it all out. I'm good. All right. All right. We, we can move forward. The one thing I will say is this. For whatever reason, I feel like college football coverage is best done locally, and I don't necessarily mean by the local TV stations, right? Although those guys do a great job. WCBI, WTVA up here in North Mississippi, they do fine, they fantastic work. But I do feel like the SEC network, the Big Ten network, the ACC network, that's that's the best places to get your guy. National college football coverage is so playoff focused. Yeah. I mean, and we're talking about from week one. From week one, I mean, we, when Florida State and LSU play, that will be mentioned as this is a possible playoff elimination game, and how will this affect their chances in the play? And it's week one. You know, who in week one was talking about TCU last year? Nobody. So I, I do feel like sometimes it's just better left to those of us who really care. But that being said, they could hire those of us. And I'm not saying I want to work for ESPN. I'm just saying that they could hire people who care about college football. They have some people who care about college football. And they can give them more of a platform, but they don't. And then you see people like Andy Staples, friend of the program, and Josh Pate, friend of the program, recurring guests and whatnot. They're wildly successful. And they don't have a platform in 200 million homes or whatever it is that ESPN has. They're on YouTube. Podcasts. And they're wildly successful. That's not to denigrate YouTube and podcasts. We do both of those things. But they're wildly successful. And it's like, imagine if you gave this to millions of people. Instead, they choose not to. And, mm-hmm. and buddy, I, I can't wait for October to come when we're talking about how D'Angelo Russell fits next to LeBron. And nobody cares. Which, by the way, it's not well because they had to bench him because he played so poorly next to LeBron. But still. I kind of care. I care about that one. That's one that I care about. But I don't care how Jimmy Butler and Dame Lillard get along when that happens. Jeremy, you're right. He says ESPN's going in the direction of MTV music television with no music videos. Blake in the Delta speaking of TV ratings. What about the NASCAR street race? 4.62 million viewers. People love novelty. I wonder what the the ESPN version of Teen Mom will be. I'm not looking forward to it, I'll tell you that. No, gosh. My wife probably is, though. Uh, Gracious. That that show is when we lost the plot as a society. That that right there should have been the side of, hey, it's downhill from here, guys. Oh, man. 601-879-4395. Appreciate you guys being with us on this Friday. Yeah, Van Pelt is great. He says, Scott Van Pelt's the only person at the network that I pay attention to. He's the best. He remains the best. You just got to stay up late to see him. But when you do, you get the goods. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll be right back. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi.
By the way, the uh, story of the day yesterday, thanks to Dwayne, was uh, Victor Wimbenyama's security guard slapping Britney Spears. Well, turns out both sides of that story were right and wrong. She didn't really get slapped. Video came out. She didn't really get slapped. Now, he made contact with her head, but not in the way that was described. And she certainly did not grab Victor by the shoulder the way it was described. She really, truly did, was just trying to tap him to get his attention to say good luck or whatever, (laughs) which you probably shouldn't do with somebody that has security around him, but still. So it was an innocent thing on her part, and the security guard, all he did was... Security should know Britney Spears. Well, the guy should know what she looks like. He didn't even turn to look, though. That's the thing. She ran up behind Victor and the security guard, and all he did was put his arm up. That's all he did. And it did make contact with her head, but no charges are going to be filed because the the video is nothing. Like, my three-year-old is more violent than that alleged slap. Basically, got her with the stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. She hit herself. So, Brittany, if you're listening, first off, what's up, girl? (laughs) Secondly, uh, if, if if you need security... You give me and Borky a call. We will be your security detail. No one will lay a finger on you with Borky and Haydad watching your back. All we require is a, a suite in uh, in Vegas and, you know, a per diem. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah, you're tall. I'm big. It'll work. Speaking of Vegas, there's something that, that Southern Miss fans, I'm going to need you guys to help me out on. And I know how active you guys are on Twitter, and so I need you to help me out with something. Because the Vegas odds for their win total, not good. It's five. Right. And I saw, it, but sure. I saw a projection today from the FPI, which that, that is just a mathematical formula that has them going four and eight and three and five in the Sun Belt. Now, no chance. Uh, Southern Miss fans, I know, expect better than that, but so do I. I mean, when I saw that, I thought four and eight seems what? I know they have two Power Five games, one of which I think is is a playoff contender in Florida State, and the other is an SEC team in Mississippi State. That, that's oh, not. Thought, that's, that's tough. I thought, I thought you were going to say something. Go no, ahead. I, I, no, I was getting excited for a second there. Uh, and then Tulane's tough as well. So the non-conference is not easy. But help me out, Southern Miss fans. Why on earth do people outside of this state think so low of the team going into the season? Because I, I look, I, I know Armstrong's gone. I, I get it. But something that I grow weary of is, well, this team lost this person or, or this coach. Who didn't? Who didn't? What what team in the SEC doesn't have, for example, doesn't have questions? When people say, well, there's a lot of questions with Mississippi State. That is absolutely true. There's a lot of questions with Ole Miss. That is absolutely true. Who in the West doesn't have questions? Who in the the conference doesn't have questions? So uh, apply that same logic here. Sure, there are questions with Southern Miss. Who's going to play quarterback? But they won games with a running back playing quarterback a year ago. Yeah, They returned a bunch of bodies defensively. Again, I, I know they lost their defensive coordinator. The guy that replaced him has got a pretty impressive resume. 
And it's not like they're the only team that lost a coordinator in the Sun Belt this year. I can't figure out why the projections are so low. I, I have I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't justify it. Four and eight? Well, first off, we just complained that ESPN doesn't cover college football. So we can't get too mad that they're not on, on board with, with something that the rest of us are. But secondly, I mean, I'm in total agreement with you. It, they won seven games a season ago with what we would be generous as describing as below-average quarterback play. If they have average to above average, not not necessarily even good, that, that that's the team that's going to contend in the Sun Belt. If they do get good quarterback play to go with Frank Gore in that backfield, they're going to be right there. So, yeah, I don't quite understand it either. Um, yeah, yeah, their, their non-conference schedule is, is tough, and I won't be surprised if they lose three non-conference games. But then I won't be totally surprised if they go seven and one in the uh, in the in the Sun Belt, and then they're an, an eight win team at the end of this. Yeah, and the FBI's projections, but it's not like the the odds makers who are really good at their job. So again, maybe we're mm-hmm. just too close to it. Don't, I don't know, but don't forget with FPI, it, it takes returning production into so much account. That's why Ole Miss is kind of high this year in FBI because they have Dart and Sanders passing numbers. Boosting up their yeah. their algorithm or whatever it is, USM doesn't have any passing numbers hardly at all. They just don't. So people, you know, when you plug the numbers in, this is what it's going to spit back out. Remember, a few years ago, State was like number eight preseason. Why? Because they had Will Rogers and Jack Abraham and Chance Lovertich, who had all been starting quarterbacks the previous year. It skews things. I do remember that. FBI though. is a terrible, terrible model. It's it, it's just really bad. And th- that Tulane game was tough. Like that. Shout out Southern Miss, though. Ain't afraid, that's for sure. But that's a Tulane team they beat last year, and that Tulane team lost everything, but they're objectively very good quarterback. Don't get that twisted. Pratt's a player. But everything else that they had that was positive a year ago basically is gone, and that's in Hattiesburg this time. And the Sun Belt is very good. Like, that that road trip at South Alabama, that's a tough ass. People think that's like a, an 11-win football team this year. you got to go to Boone. But there's another thing. Appalachian State's been a really good program for quite some time. They weren't good last year, and their offensive coordinator's gone. Their offense was good. As a team, they weren't good. And the guy that ran their offense is is now at Mississippi State. So does App State now get the benefit of the doubt, whereas Southern Miss doesn't, even though they lost the same thing, and also a quarterback, too, uh-huh. there at App State? Uh, I mean, Troy's going to be very good again. But where are the five losses in conference coming from? Well, where are those coming from? I, I, I saw that today, saw the projection, and I, I, can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. The Ole Miss over-under makes sense. Seven and a half? That makes sense. Yeah. Mississippi State's makes sense. Like, I can wrap my mind around those results happening skewed one or another. Uh, I, I would be truly, genuinely shocked. Truly. If Southern Miss only wins four games this year. Truly, actually shocked. Yeah, if they when we were doing the overachieve, underachieve the other day. The Southern at the underachieve at four wins feels... If, it's the most impossible. Ole Miss with with only six wins, okay, maybe things just go wrong, right? State with only five wins, 
Ah, maybe Rodgers got hurt or something. I don't know. But Southern with only four wins feels just about impossible to me. They should they should easily be a seven win team and probably better than that. Their schedule, for what it's worth, if uh, you're not a Southern Miss fan and uh, you're curious, uh, they open with Alcorn uh, there in Hattiesburg uh, Saturday night on September second. All three of our teams start on the same day, uh, and they will be the late kickoff. Even though Ole Miss got to choose. And they, mm-hmm. they chose one. Anyway, uh, they're at Florida State. That, that's uh, kudos to them for the scheduling, but that's going to be tough. Florida State's really, really good, I think. Turn around and host Tulane at home. They go to Arkansas State, who really struggled a year ago. Host Texas State. Host Old Dominion. That's a big game on October 7th. Again, they have to go to Mobile. That's, uh, that's going to be tough. That's going to be a really good South Alabama team. They have to go to Boone on October 28th. They host Louisiana Monroe on November 4th. They uh, go to Louisiana on November 9th. Go to Mississippi State on the 18th, as you guys know. And they finish the season with Troy at home on November 25th. They're going to win games. A lot. They're going to be a good team. I mean... And, I mean, when you look at Will Hall and, and, and year one, year two, year three, I mean, it's building, right? It's program building. And, and we, <laughs> I feel like, you know, with Mississippi State and, and all the flux that's been there with Moorhead and then, you know, the passing of Coach Leach, you know, you forget how you're supposed to, you know, take a program that was down and build it back up. It takes a, it's a, it's a, it's a process. Yeah. Will Hall has put in the, the work on that process, and this should be a year where it pays off. And then going, you know, Going forward, that should be a team that year in, year out is in contention in the Sun Belt. JP says, under the radar is a great place to be. We live there frequently. Can make you some coin at the sports book. That's at true. the Time Out Lounge on uh, the property of Pearl River Resort inside you should, the Golden Moon. You Casino. should be running to the Time Out Lounge to bet the over on Southern Miss wins. And Jason agrees with you. He says uh, USM is something special in that coach hall. Yeah, really. Uh, really I agree. Just. In everything as well. If only they were healthy at quarter. I've said that before, but man, I think. Well, they would have won another game or two last year, probably. And the year prior as well. I mean, quarterback health, they beat yeah. Liberty for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So if they get that knock on wood, hope I'm not jinxing it, uh, I think you're going to see another forward step. That that is an yeah. underappreciated thing. I actually uh, I listened to a Sunbelt podcast the other day. I was curious, and and that that is an under talked about thing, even in Sunbelt circles, is uh, what they've had to do with the quarterback position, which is let their running back play it. <laughs> That's what they've had to yeah. do, and they've still yeah. uh, taken steps forward. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk. Mississippi.
Brian, Brian Haydad with you. Johnny in West Point on the text line says, just looked at State's schedule. Five wins is close. Hail State anyway. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so. I disagree. There is, I, mean, I mean, there's a path to that if you really want to be yeah, doom and gloom, sure. But yes, if you look at the schedule, if you look at the schedule, it's four winnable non-conference games, and there's four SEC games against teams that State beat last year. And State brings back a lot. You know, What, what makes you think it's five wins? Maybe fear, if nothing else. That's, that's all it is. Arizona week two... It's, I feel like you've got a similar game coming as you got last year, where fans mm-hmm. are going to look at it and think, ah, easy W, easy W. And you're going to look up in the fourth quarter, and Arizona's got the football, and they're moving the ball, and if they score here, they tie it up. That's not going to be a bad Arizona team. Mississippi State's going to be the favorite, rightfully so. But if you're, I would be surprised if it's like. Forty-two to nothing, or whatever. I think they're, they're right. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, they're in a better position than, for example, just to use the other side of this. Georgia Tech's not in a position yet to go on the road and like even right. be competitive. They're they're going to win two games this season. Um, and by, and by that same token, if State wins forty-two nothing, and if Georgia Tech is competitive with Ole Miss. You, you start you start having some questions about different kinds of things, but yeah. But I agree with you. I think Georgia Tech will get steamrolled by Ole Miss, and I think Arizona will come in and be competitive, but at the end of the day, an SEC team uh, with Mississippi State's talent and depth should be able to beat a Pac-12 team of Arizona's talent and depth. Very similar to last uh, Jason's year. just he's, his eyes twitching right now. He's just Jason's just he's just so nervous about this game. He obviously knows a lot of Arizona fans. He doesn't want yeah. to hear about it. Uh, and for what it's worth, I think Arizona would beat Georgia Tech. So it's it's not like I think a, so. Yeah, I think Arizona would beat Georgia Tech. They they just got a mm-hmm. commitment from a five star defensive end from Tucson, and mm-hmm. I got kind of a laugh out of it because people were like, "Wow, huge pickup, huge pickup!" A guy from the town committed to the school in the town, but they're right in that. Hopefully, that is a sign moving forward. Where in this new era, schools are able to keep local guys more often because they don't have to go to Ohio State to to chase that. They can stay home and, and still get all of that and be marketable. And five star kid from Arizona five years ago probably not going to Arizona. And it helps that Fish is doing a nice job and the program's on an upswing and stuff like that. But still. I, I can't help but wonder if that kind of phenomenon's happening here as well. It, it's only July. It's July. A lot of things change between July and signing day. A whole lot. So getting in your feels positively or negatively about recruiting right now is a little bit goofy. But mm-hmm. it does feel like Ole Miss and State are trending more for the in-state players and winning those battles more than five years ago. Yeah, and it's a good thing. It's it it is a good thing. It's it's it's, and of course you know. And I saw Ari Wasserman uh, talking about this yesterday on Twitter. As soon as somebody like that commits to a school like Arizona, it's like, oh, he'll be in the portal soon. Like the kid's been committed fifteen minutes. Can we just 
can we let them actually get to school before we start worrying about being in the portal? I, I feel like it's sort of the thing I talk about. It's like we're so we're so spoiled's not the right word. What's the opposite of spoiled? But it's just people are just so gun shy. I guess is the word I'm looking for about the portal and NIL that when something like this happens, their first thought is negative. They're like, hey, Arizona went in and got a player that literally could have gone to any school in the country. He could have committed to Georgia yesterday. He could have committed to Alabama. He could have committed to Ohio State. He committed to Arizona. That should give you, as a person here in this state, the next time there's a five-star guy that anybody want, that everybody wants, then maybe he'll commit to Mississippi State or commit to Ole Miss. You know, four stars are great. Five stars are better. <laughs> uh, tends to work out that way. David Cobb is going to yeah. join us next. We'll check in from CBS Sports to a little off-season. Just talking college football because why not it's july 7th i i'm going to put him on the spot and hopefully he uh um is able to respond in kind i'm gonna put him on the spot on, on something that i didn't give him a heads up on that i'm gonna ask him about we'll talk to david cobb of cbs sports a little college football we'll do 100 teams in 100 days big 12 and big 10 today are on our list of 100 teams in 100 days we've got a coach ranking during the college football fix, and a food Friday to send you into your weekend. That's the plan. Glad you're with us. 601-879-4395 is the text line. David Cobb of CBS will join us when we come back. of the disturbed continue sports talk mississippi super talk mississippi worth if you're a music person like me there's a cover of this by a band called the main squeeze check it out on youtube it is phenomenal i'm michael borky he's brian hayda glad that you guys are with us we go to the farm bureau guest line check out favorites.com and go with the home team david cobb of cbs sports on your radio right now and and david i want to give you a little insight on the week that we've had we spent time not a lot of time but we spent time the other day discussing how much money Stetson Bennett would make if he owned his own car dealership in Athens and it would it be more than his rookie contract with the Los Angeles Rams. Happy July. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Now, I, I think Stetson's steakhouse is the move. Because, you know, the margins on used cars, uh, people are always looking for a deal, but you can upcharge that steak a little bit. Peyton Manning has done it. Mike Shula's done it. Uh, the steakhouse, I think, you would pay more for a... Uh, a steak that had Stetson Bennett's, you know, maybe they could sear uh, a Stetson I was just going to say brand it, David. Brand it into the steak. <laughs> yes, that I think that's the move, yes. Oh, that, God, that's so much better than the car dealership. What would be the most successful National like, Championship business? onion rings? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, Stetson Steakhouse. I'm going to advise him on that. I mean, honestly, I think he, he has a shot to make a roster. Like, 
you know, uh, sure, he's undersized, but we've seen undersized guys make rosters before. So, uh, you know, he'd have to expand to be a multi-franchise steakhouse, I think, to exceed his rookie contract. And so do you think that – so I know there's like a veteran minimum contract. Do you think because of his age, like he automatically gets on that as well? So he's on a rookie deal and a vet minimum deal? <laughs> I don't know, but if, if, if uh, having a college degree helps you make more money, uh, he's in trouble because everything I've heard is that uh, though the man was in college for six years, uh, he managed somehow to escape without a degree, which is – uh, honestly, it's stunning, impressive. I don't even know how you do that. Uh, but my gosh, how many times can you change majors or fail a class? But, uh, yeah, no, uh, man, he, he is going to enter the, the NFL older than probably 50% of the league, which is just absurd. He may not have a degree, David, but his steaks are cooked at 1600 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, See, this I is where we're it. going. We've got, the, we've got this figured out. <laughs> He's the Van Wilder, but in real life. So, you know, there's the offseason narratives in the SEC, you know, Alabama replacing coordinators and a quarterback again, that kind of stuff. Putting you on the spot here a little bit, what is the, the, the biggest storyline in the SEC that, in your opinion, nobody's talking about? What are you the most curious about or interested in that nobody's asked you about, that nobody's talking about? Well, I think there's an assumption that Texas A&M is going to continue to be mediocre at best, but there's at least some potential for Texas A&M to totally surprise an SEC that we expect to be won by Georgia, Alabama, or LSU. And I'm not out here calling for or predicting that Texas A&M will win the SEC, but I do think it's more possible than maybe we're giving it credit for, because if... Jimbo Fisher does officially relinquish his thumbprint on the offense, and Bobby Bobby Petrino is the best version of himself, then Texas A&M has the talent to be a college football playoff contender, an SEC West contender. Obviously, things have gone really poorly in College Station to this point, considering what they're paying Jimbo Fisher, but there's at least a chance here. I mean, it could be total chaos. It could go the other direction, but I think the, the Aggies are – perhaps the most intriguing team in the league this year. We talked about Tennessee on yesterday's show. We, we, we do a, a countdown of every team in the country. Tennessee was just the team. And it got us talking about Joe Milton. For, for your, When you look at the quarterbacks in the SEC, there's not a guy that stands out preseason. But is there a player in the country with a higher ceiling this year than Joe Milton? Well, that's interesting because of the system that he plays in how strong his arm is, I just don't think he's going to be as accurate as Hendon Hooker. He may make a few more wow throws. He might uh, he might get drafted earlier than Hendon Hooker was drafted. But I don't think he's going to be nearly as accurate as Hendon Hooker was last season. So in that sense, I think his ceiling is actually capped to a certain degree. Now maybe he comes out and he's a totally different player than the guy we saw at Michigan and the guy who lost the job at Tennessee to, to Hendon Hooker. I just, I'm not buying it. I think the, the hype is getting a little ahead of itself uh, with Joe Milton because I would take arm accuracy over arm strength in the college game every single time, even if that's the trait, uh, even if arm strength is more the trait that gets you the notice from the NFL scouts. I mean, you know, one of Mike Leach's uh, old tried and true 
adages was that when he was looking for a quarterback, the number one thing he would look for was accuracy. And in some cases, he he had guys who could barely throw the ball 30 yards down the field, uh, but they were accurate, and, and he had a lot of success with that uh, with that philosophy. When you look at the quarterbacks in the conference this year, you know, you've know you got five guys that you really know plenty about, right? Dart, Rodgers, uh, Jefferson, Daniels, and then Rattler. You know, Of that grouping right there, who do you like the best? Yeah, um, well, Jaden Daniels, obviously, as a returning quarterback in the SEC, I think there's a lot to like there. K.J. Jefferson is one who I'm real interested in because Arkansas is moving on from – Kendall Bryles, that offensive coordinator, who was the architect of some of K.J. Jefferson's success there. Really, with, with K.J. Jefferson and Will Rogers, at the, the late stage in their careers, after they've had a lot of success, now they undergo a change in philosophy and a change in scheme because there's new offensive coordinators at those programs. So, to me, those are interesting cases to watch and uh instances where maybe we do learn something early on, uh, even in games against lower-tier opponents. Uh, those are a couple of guys who I'm particularly uh, curious to watch early this season. David Cobb of CBS Sports joining us right now. We uh, played a little true or false yesterday, and, and one of them was true or false, Alabama and Georgia will play for the SEC championship. What's your hmm. answer? I will go false. I think I think it's it, you know if you're going Alabama versus the field, SEC West, and the field is LSU and Texas A&M maybe having a shot. And don't sleep on the other teams in that division either. I, I think there's enough of a chance that somebody else from the West emerges that I will go I will go false. It does feel like the West is really wide open, doesn't it? it, it uh, there's, of course, a talent discrepancy between the likes of LSU and, and Alabama and Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but when you go down the list of teams in the West and the questions each of them have, they've all got a lot of them. LSU probably with the fewest, but Alabama's replacing a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback who carried them a year ago in both coordinators. Texas A&M, will it work out with Petrino? Old Miss, will the transfer wide receivers acclimate? Can Jackson Dart take a step forward? Mississippi State, what's life like after Mike Leach and Zach Arnett? Arkansas, can KJ Jefferson stay healthy? They're replacing coordinators too. And it feels like the whole division has a bunch of really good things about it. And each team has a bunch of questions that follow as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think think the SEC West place as the preeminent super division in the sport is in some ways kind of up in the air this year because Georgia's kind of tipped the, the balance of power uh, back towards the East, even though the, the, the East on the whole is not as strong. So you got Alabama with two new coordinators, and if they don't win the title this year, it'll be the longest uh, drought in terms of national titles that Nick Saban's had in his entire tenure there. And then obviously Hugh Freeze has returned. And, and, and don't sleep on the Mississippi schools either. I mean, obviously, what Mississippi State has gone through is not something anybody wants to go through. Ole Miss is also in a tough situation because their their cross division opponent is Georgia, uh, so that's that's brutal. But uh, on the whole, it's a division where anyone can be anyone on any given night this year. I really believe that. Obviously, I think Alabama and LSU are going to have some big victories along the way, but uh, 
Uh, are they immune or bulletproof to getting tripped up by any other team in that division? No, there's nobody else in that division who you look at and say, oh, that's an automatic win. David Cobb of CBS Sports. David, thank you so much. And you're welcome for the story idea. What uh, business would Stetson Bennett be the most successful running uh, to make more money than his rookie contract? So you're, you're welcome. Hey, it's that time of year. We might be looking for some content. So I'm going to put that one on the idea list. Thanks a lot, David. We appreciate you. No problem. Thanks, guys. That's David Cobb again of CBS Sports. He joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. And go with the home team. Steakhouse, but here's the thing, though, on the steakhouse. Hey, Dad. Can mm-hmm. you sell the volume of steaks to make over a million dollars a year over four years? Like, is that possible? Well, with locations in Blackshear, Cartersville, Buford, uh, you know, downtown Atlanta, so on and so forth. Yeah, I think we can absolutely. And of course, the, the flagship restaurant in Athens. Two locations in Athens. I feel like we can uh, we can make it happen. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. David joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. We'll get to your messages and then turn the page over to the countdown of a hundred teams in a hundred days when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Glad to be with you on this Friday afternoon at Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah. Just the instrumental, though. Although I, I think I know yes, all uh, the words. I probably could do it. Back it up, back it in. Uh, my three-year-old son loves the song I Miss You by Blink-182. Loves it. Okay. And it started by uh, a few months ago. I was just yelling in the house, just, hey, James, where are you? And then I went, where are you? And then I taught him to respond with, and I'm so sorry. I'm over here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you would have gone the TikTok route. No, I, so I, just because I, I'm a big fan of Blink-182 anyway. And so I played the song for him a few weeks ago, and it immediately hit. And he was like, wait, that's what Dad's talking about. So now every time we drive, he wants to hear Blink-182's I Miss You. Just so we can well, get to the go. part where we yell, "Where are you?" and I'm so sorry. And then he he like starts to mumble the rest. He hadn't like gotten the rest of it yet, but he will mumble for like another twenty seconds, kind of what the words are. Well, there you go. It's probably not good that I'm teaching him Blink One Eighty Two, considering the content of some of their songs. And, and he's three, I mean, but you know, you could be teaching him, you know, like the Bloodhound Gang. I could. That would be no good. That would be no good whatsoever to teach a child. I mean, he likes Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. See, that's and, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, kind of. Uh, you know, don't tell him what the drugs. song's about. Don't just, <laughs> just don't tell him what the song's about. Just just let him enjoy the song. He likes yeah, that. You oh, find that stuff out later. And yeah. Kids yeah. Are, you find that stuff out late, later in life, all right? As long as it's yeah. not too live crew, he should be okay. 
get, you get him listening to that, I got questions. Yeah. We get this message. Tongue-in-cheek tongue question. Reese Stetson Bennett, doesn't the NCAA eligibility require progress toward a degree? How does not getting a degree after six years meet that requirement? Because the likely answer is he got one. That's, that's the likely answer, is that he did get one. And that they've just allowed this joke to run... You think Stetson would be like, I have a degree. Yeah, you'd just be like, here's the period is. Here's my piece of paper. To which I would say, you can get a fake degree anywhere. You can get those online. Louis says Stetson should open a Western Wear clothing store. Stetson's Stetson's. Another fine idea. You know. It's all in the name. That's that's, that's, that's our slogan. Stetson's Steakhouse is, 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 is an outstanding idea. You can't. People would go there. You have his, you know, you have his national, a couple of his national championship rings in like a big case. You can take a picture of them, you know, for five bucks. I guess it's it's twenty twenty three for ten bucks. Dwayne says my kids are grown. What happened to the little train that could, buddy? I tried once, once, to have a playlist of toddler music in the car when we would run errands and stuff, and that was enough. Once was enough, and he likes listening to normal music, and so I never went back to the uh, toddler music well. Good call. And I don't think I'm ever that's, going that's, to. Yeah. He can do that at school. Yeah. Like he, He's obviously going back to school like all of your kids are here in a few weeks. They can teach him all the songs he, he wants. Jesus loves me, this I know. That's great. Like Yes. I, I cannot wait for but him not to in my car. Not in my car. Yeah. We're going to drive to the that. school that is inside of a church listening to Motley Crue's Kickstart My Heart. And that, that is going to be what we do. Wrong. I, I, wrong with I that? couldn't stomach it. I, I The toddler music is the I, I can handle Blippi. Blippi's fine. I, I can I can deal with that. The, the toys and all the noise that they make is like white noise to me now. That doesn't bother me. Toddler music makes my insides just like scramble like my heart goes to my stomach and my kidneys start moving around and everything just shrivels up and tightens i can't stand toddler music it is so bad i can't do it well you shouldn't have to so there you go Dwayne says i'm a great dad yeah something something like that uh james could tell you the quarterback Running back, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive end safety, and defensive back for the Saints before he could count to 30. He sure can. <laughs> so, I, I, I know this for a fact. I don't know if you can call me being a good dad or uh, or not. Somebody says it's not about you dad. anymore. Don't know well, anybody geez, tell you different. Yeah, it's not about you anymore. You know, he's fine. He gets the music at school. He gets all the, that stuff at home. In the car, it is about me. I'm driving. I need my sanity. He'll be all right. He likes That's it. Right. He'll be. It's fine. It's fine. Kelsey well, says. What are you afraid of? That a kid might grow up and like rock music? Oh no! Oh, terrible. I want him in that era. He likes it all, though. I, yeah. His mom will, will play for a Morgan Wallen, which you know, if I had a say, I would. Put an end to that, but I don't yeah, have a can, say. And so, can he, does he does he have a voice when he's doing that, or how does that work? Uh, well, it's recorded, it's so music. So it's at some point he did have one because it you know it's, it's recorded. Drinking the good stuff in my pickup truck. 
I don't I don't know how the songs go. I don't listen to Morgan Wall. Oh. <sighs> hey, Dad. We have to stop yeah. having fun. Oh, my Lord. I see it. I just, you know, whatever, yeah, dude. We have to stop having fun. Uh, hey, buddy, we did have a four-day work week. We were off Tuesday. Uh, How about them apples? Darrenson does a picture of, uh, I guess this is a painting, of a bunch of Major League Baseball legends. All looks like they're all just kind of hanging out uh, in and around a dugout. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Can you name everybody in that? I can't, but can you? Oh, I'm sure I can't. Let me see how much of it I can get here. Hold on. Oh, yeah, Darren. All right, obviously it's Griffey and Mays. Schmidt, that's Mantle. That's Shoeless Joe with the Babe. That's Garrick with Jeter, Ripken. I think that's Maddox talking to Koufax, and I'm going to guess that's Cap Anson there. Ted Williams and DiMaggio were in the dugout. That's Ty Cobb, and that's probably Hannes Wagner. That's Yogi Berra. I think that's Stan Musial. That's Hank Aaron, Clemente, and Jackie Robinson talking in the back there. I don't know who the Angels pitcher is there, and I think that's Cy Young he's shaking hands with, though. Dude, you you just killed that. That was awesome. Okay. I just started playing Immaculate Grid, too, so I'm, I'm, I'm on a baseball kick lately. Uh, have you seen this game? No. This game, have you seen uh-huh. it, Immaculate Grid? So it's a, it's a baseball trivia game where you have three lines across and three lines down, right? So today was Rockies, Braves, 40 home run season, and then down is Tigers, Yankees, and Cardinals, or something like that, right? So I have to grid, to fill out the grid, you have to get a player who played for the Yankees and the Braves, a player who played for the Cardinals and the Rockies, a player who played for the Cardinals, and so on and so forth, right? So I got like six out of nine today. Nice. But it's fun game. That sounds fun. I, I don't have the baseball. I couldn't think of anybody who played for the Rockies and the yeah. I didn't I, the Rockies and the Tigers. I was like, I don't know anybody on these two mid teams. Sorry. Uh, wait, can y'all get pictures? Yes, we can. We we absolutely can. Um, absolutely can. Please don't send nudes. Yeah, because Gallo sees the text line too, and you know we don't want to startle him. <laughs> no, change your plan. Send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Paul Gallo's reaction to that. Oh, man. That person I, must be on marijuana. I still wish I was there the day I changed every picture in the studio, every computer screen in the studio. So there's four in in the right. home studio here. I changed every single one to a different picture of Hillary Clinton, and I wish I was there at 4 o'clock in the morning to see his reaction to that. I, so I, I did I that to, not leaving I did that to Gerard. Because uh, I did that for Gerard, and uh, he, uh, I left him pictures of Joe Biden, and I happened to be in Jackson driving through the next day at 10 a.m., and I turned on the radio, and he's on there like, I don't know who did this, but there's pictures of Joe Biden all over these. I was in the car on I-55, almost had a wreck. Almost had a wreck. I was laughing so hard. And then, I'm sorry, Dexter McCluster, I had to text Rhino. I was like, gotcha. <laughs> and Rhino was like, we found the culprit. <laughs> I was in. The, I was dying, Borky. It was the same day that Biden gave that speech behind like that red background. So everybody was like, "Is he with the devil?" And yeah. so that's already happening. And then I got two pictures of Joe Biden staring at at Gerard. He's like, "I don't." I, somebody knows the password. I was like, "What password?" <laughs> <laughs> 
That's my Gerard impression, by the way. It's not great. I'm still working. But God, boy, I was laughing so hard at Gerard. It was so funny. He was he was just so confused. Oh man, I think I might I think I might quit my job right now. I don't know if I can do a show for this audience anymore. We got this message. I don't like either, but I would pick Morgan Wallen over Blink One Eighty Two. Blink One Eighty Two is a terrible band. I think I might. I think that's it for me. <laughs> Dwayne and Brandon Perez might like nudes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, please don't. <laughs> please don't. I like my job. I uh, want to keep. I can, it. I can already hear that. Like uh, Paul, we got a text here. I don't know if it's for me or you. <laughs> hundred teams in a hundred days when we come back. I think. Oh man! From the Seabrook. <laughs> Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. All right. Yeah. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. No, uh... From the 769 area code. I have no idea where that is, but we appreciate you listening nonetheless. We are not on the That's marijuana this code, afternoon. We're having no, no, fun. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say it the right way. We are not on the marijuana today. We are not. Got to, got, to, got to really stress that M. Other one says we're coloring all outside the lines with Richard not there. Yeah. Hey, coloring outside the lines is more fun than coloring inside yeah. the lines. Area code 769 is an overlay of 601, so they're in the uh, Jackson area. Okay. I had no idea. So. I've lived here for yeah. nine years, <laughs> and I had no idea. I'm old enough to remember when there was just one area code in Mississippi. It was just 601. And then I want to say when I moved to Starkville, not long after Starkville, that's when 662 came into a thing. And then 228 happened not long after that. Hmm. What, did they run out of numbers? And I always had this thing. Yeah, I guess basically. And I, had, I always remember I made the same joke working at the pizza place. When somebody would call and say, area code 228, I'd be like, do you want some French dressing on the side? Yes. Because that's what they put on their pizza. Man, I so, love it. I'm not going to shame. I Catalina. love the French dressing on a pizza. The people in the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You sure you're not from the coast? I, I, I might be. Say. I love yeah. it. Uh, not huh? not every time, but but I do like it. Anyway, we appreciate all the messages. We are going to get back on the rails a little bit because we have a countdown to do. Team number fifty six. Oh, we're fifty seven and fifty six today on the countdown of a hundred teams in a hundred days. This day is bananas. E A N A N A S. This day is bananas. One hundred teams in one hundred days. Touchdown. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go! It's the final countdown. We go to the Big Twelve. Yes, the Big Twelve happening now. Cincinnati team number fifty-seven. I don't know what they're saying, but I like it. Never Anything forget. that's got a chant. 
We'll call a response. I'm in. Never forget when Tommy Tuberville told one of his own fans walking off the field at Nippert Stadium to get a job. Now a senator. Then he got fired and, and sat on that severance package until he became a government employee and lived off of all of us for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's right. Tommy. Tuberville. I don't like Tommy Tuberville. I didn't like him before the senator thing, though, so I, I it's not a political thing. I didn't. I haven't ever liked him. I, I was indifferent because I didn't grow up here, so I didn't know like much about him until I uh, read the story about him uh, taking a phone call in the middle of a dinner mm-hmm. with a recruit and never returning mm-hmm. to that dinner because he was taking another That's job. Correct. Didn't even give them the courtesy of like, "Hey, That's correct. this just got weird." Sorry, like I'll take care of the bill. No, just left. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Did he stick him with the bill? I assume so, because he just left, oh, never returns. This guy, he makes a great senator, great politician. Yeah, Nippert Somebody, Stadium is what it's okay, called, by the way, in Cincinnati. Just, we uh, we got to move on. We got to move on from Tuberville. I could be here all day. Capacity forty thousand. Uh, a very unique looking stadium. Apparently, I've never been myself. Apparently, because of the acoustics and like. The, the press box and the way it's built and the building behind the opposite side of the field really traps in sound. And those 40,000 people sound like a heck of a lot more than 40,000 people. Apparently, it's a really fun place uh, to go watch a college football game. Everybody I know that's been there comes away with the same thing. It was fun. It's yeah. a good place to watch a game. Richard's been, and he'll tell you uh, the same thing. Yeah. Luke Fickle is out, obviously, as the head coach of mm-hmm. Cincinnati. He's at Wisconsin now. He was awesome. At Cincinnati, so he took over kind of a downtrodden program in 2017. Went four and eight, and then followed it up with this: eleven and two, eleven and three, nine and one, thirteen and one, and nine and three. Made the playoff, first non-power five team to make the playoff, and he is off to Wisconsin. Cincinnati's making the move to the Big Twelve. Had a ton of momentum, really strong brand power, and they replaced Luke Fickle with. Scott Satterfield. Scott Satterfield, who uh, was, according to them anyway, underachieving greatly at Louisville. He went eight and five, four and seven, six and seven, and seven and five. Had a losing record in conference play. Only one game above five hundred in his four years at Louisville, and parlayed that into replacing Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Very bizarre hire they made. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, he wasn't great at a at a, a power five school. You know, now he was really good at App State, really good there. And maybe they think, okay, bad situation at Louisville. You were going to get App State Scott Satterfield, but I don't know, man. I don't know. At App State, for what it's worth, uh, he went four and eight before they transitioned to the Sun Belt. So Appalachian State's really down year was their last year. In the FCS, and then they went seven and five, eleven and two, ten and three, nine and four, ten and two. Very good run for Satterfield at App State, but didn't exactly work out at Louisville. And Louisville's pretty pumped up about uh, that change because they got to replace him with their name. They were, son. yeah, yeah. They 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 were, they were pretty happy to see him go. And don't forget, those two teams played each other in a bowl game last year, and you had the weird situation where Satterfield's current team was playing his soon-to-be team, and we all knew it, and he didn't coach either team in the game. I forgot about that. What was that, the Fenway I forget Bowl? who coached Cincinnati. 
Yeah, I remember Dion Branch coached uh, Louisville. Huh. How about that? Cincinnati yeah. this year, again, they moved to the Big 12, so the schedule looks dramatically different for them. They open with Eastern Kentucky and Pittsburgh. On the road in Pittsburgh in the Ooh. non-conference. That's, um, That's tough. Yeah. Tough. Then they turn around and host Miami of Ohio, and then Big 12 play begins. They host Oklahoma. How about that? Oklahoma uh, having to go to Cincinnati in their final year in the Big 12. Yeah, it's, it's going to be one thing when you see Oklahoma at Mississippi State or see them at Ole Miss, right? But those are SEC schools, real stadiums, real real good atmosphere. Oklahoma at Cincinnati is one of those things that, like, if you just saw that, you're just flipping channels, you'd be like, "Where? who's Wait, playing? Yeah, what? Where are they? Yeah. And it's a conference. It's a shame Texas isn't going there. Uh, Texas at Cincinnati is something I'm, I'm sad I'll never get to see. Oh, yeah. But they do play at Kansas, which is basically the same thing. Yeah. Get to, hopefully get to see UCLA at Rutgers very soon, I USC know. at Rutgers. In, in late November. Uh, I mean, USC in Piscataway. I can't wait. On November 18th. Yes. And it's not even snowing. It's just like spitting frozen rain. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so uh, they they host Oklahoma. They have to go to Provo. We already know the kickoff time for uh, Eastern time. Cincinnati will kick off at 10.15 local time uh, when they go to BYU. They host Cincinnati Eastern? I think so. That could be no, no. I don't remember. Ohio, yeah. What yeah, time zone? What's that? Yes, they are in Eastern. Eastern. Okay, okay, okay. Central's mm-hmm. the best time zone, but that's a conversation for another day. Well, that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah, they host Iowa State and Baylor in back-to-back weeks. They're on the road in Stillwater. Then they host UCF in a conference game. They go to Houston again in a conference game. They go to West Virginia, and then they close it out hosting Kansas on November 25th. Cincinnati goes what in 2023? Five and seven? Maybe? Maybe four and eight? I just don't have a lot of faith in Satterfield, and they lost a lot, and, you know, Fickle was such a good coach. I just don't know here. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like the transition for Cincinnati, because of what happened, if, if it were still Fickle, I think it'd be going just fine. But because It'd of be fine. Fickle leaving and who they replaced him with, I'm not exactly sure year one's going to go particularly well. I think UCF is going to have the best season by far out of the four teams mm-hmm. joining the Big 12 this yes, year. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. And they're recruiting well. Gus is doing good things at UCF. He's a good coach! Auburn ran him off for no reason whatsoever. Well, but they could replace yes, him with Brian Harson. I mean, well, you know, you, when you can you replace can... Brian with Brian Harson, you, you just got to do it. Famous alums from Cincinnati. And we got a, a good one here on the top. George Clooney is a Ooh. Cincinnati alum. They gave Sarah Jessica Parker a degree, and she looks like a foot. Uh, William Howard Taft, former president of the United States. Urban Meyer. I know it's not it's sports, but he never did anything at Cincinnati, so why not? And uh, anybody else worth talking about here? Nipsey Russell, not the rapper, the uh, the former uh, actor and comedian. Okay, not uh, not bad. So that Cincinnati team number fifty seven 
on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We go to the Big Ten next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We get this message, my favorite one of the week, I think. I drive a 2004 Toyota Tundra with 506,000 miles on it. Runs great, but the radio doesn't work correctly. It's stuck on one channel, 100.9, so I'm forced to listen to y'all each weekday. Luckily, I love the show. Keep it up, fellas. Do you love the show, or is it Stockholm? Do you think you love the show, because there is no other show for you? We've just got him. We've just got him. He's like, these guys are great, and... In reality, he's like, help me. He's hooked. Uh, Team number 56. That's right, guys. 56 days. 56 days until the start of college football season for here, which means tomorrow you're at 49 days until week zero. But let's get to it. The Big Ten. Maryland is team number 56 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. transition to the Big Ten has gone not great. It's not like they were lighting it up in the ACC either, but the transition to the Big Ten has not exactly bared a whole lot of fruit for the Terps, but Mike Loxley, you guys may remember that name. Mike Loxley was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. He was a head coach previously. His hire was interesting, if I remember correctly, because he was an interim guy at Maryland and went 1-5 in in his interim year. Four years before they hired him as the permanent head coach, he was a head coach for three years, well, really two and a quarter, at New Mexico when he went 1-11, and 1-11, and 0-4 before he was fired there. Went to the Nick Saban School of Coaching Rehab, and got the Maryland job. He went 3-9 and nine in 2019, 2-3 in the COVID year, and since they've, they've been okay, he went 7-6 and six in 2021, 8-5 a year ago. Not high expectations for Maryland in 2023, but not low expectations either. Tua's little brother, yeah. Tulia Tongavailoa, will be his quarterback yet again. He's a fun player. Needs to be a lot more consistent, though. Been good. Been good. Not great. Not his brother. But been good. And yes, consistency would, would go a long way. Yeah, 3,008 yards passing for him last year. 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Did complete 67% of his passes. It's just consistency. It's it, if, it If it's not poor completion percentages like the Penn State game, like the Wisconsin game where he was very poor and they lost, he was 10 of 23 in that game, threw a pick. Uh, that that's his issue. He's got skills. He's got talent. He's a little undersized. 
but it's can you put it together for 12 weeks? That might be the difference between uh, Maryland going to another bowl game and taking a step forward or uh, being just another six-loss Big Ten team. And that's that's pretty much it for them. Yeah, it feels like that would be the uh, you know they they can be interesting or they can be irrelevant. Those 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 are only you know only two things, especially in this part of the country. You know, maybe you feel different if you live in you know Delaware. Yeah, uh, they open the season with Towson at home, and then they turn around and host Charlotte at home. Week three, so Virginia's got Tennessee on the schedule in this season opener. And then on a Friday night in week three, Virginia's traveling to Maryland to play Maryland on a Friday night for their second non-conference game uh, against a Power 5 team. Weird scheduling for Virginia, I think. Yeah, Virginia must have really thought this was their year. Uh, I don't know about that. They end the season with nine consecutive Big Ten games at Michigan State, hosting Indiana, at Ohio State, hosting Illinois, at Northwestern, hosting Penn State, at Nebraska, hosting Michigan, at Rutgers. That's right. They are home away, home away, home away, home away, home away for the entire Big Ten schedule. Not a fan of that. Very weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that at all. Road games at Nebraska and at Ohio State and at Michigan State, that's kind of friendly considering the division they're in. They get to host Michigan. Yeah. They get to host Penn State. Huge rivalry with Penn State, as we all know. Famous alums from Maryland? That's plenty of them, once again. This has got the cream of the crop here. Uh, Sergi Brin, I don't know who that is. He founded Google, so he's doing okay. Larry David, Jim Henson, Mississippi's own. Graduated from the University of Maryland. Uh, Karen Allen from the Indiana Jones films, who apparently got in a lot of trouble last week because she looks her age. Don't know why that's a problem for people, but, you know, it is. Uh, some other names here. The Connie Chung went to uh, to Maryland. And uh, David Simon, who uh, who directed and wrote the, the Wire, one of the greatest television shows of all time. Love it. And uh, as mentioned on the text line, Scott Van Pelt. Which is Sutton, Maryland. Uh, it's got Van Pelt, yeah. Not on the list. How's that not possible? It doesn't make any sense. These, these but... websites, man. I know, yeah. right? And John Talty, our good friend, also a Maryland. Alum. How about that? 6-year-1-8-7-9-4-3-95 is the text line. Uh, college football fix next. CBS ranked the SEC coaches 1-14. to We'll tell you where Lane Kiffin and Zach Arnett landed, as well as the rest of the league, when we come back for the college football fix. Don't go anywhere. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi on a Friday. I know a lot of people took this week for vacation. If you did that and you're listening to us, we appreciate you. Thanks for taking us on the road. Did get a message from uh, Richard. Uh, oh, 
Hey, he didn't text us today, so that was a win. That's good. That's, I, I, no, he texted me back about that question we had. Uh, he said he didn't know yet. Didn't know yet. He, so he didn't completely unplug, but it seems like the plug well, I did went text out of the, him. Yeah. I, t- I texted him about it, and he replied. Well, good. Uh, he's probably rocking some Genteel, and you should too. Genteel is the official pro- apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Check them out online, genteelapparel.com. If you're looking for something breathable and comfortable and durable that has your team's colors on it, check out their collegiate collection. Just go to genteelapparel.com. Look at all their offerings, but uh, flip over to that collegiate tab. You can see a ton of gear. Stuff that'll keep you comfortable when it's hot. Stuff that'll keep you cool or warm when it's cool. With your team's logo on it, check it out. Genteelapparel.com. I told you we've got a coach ranking list, so we're going to get to that right now. For the college football fixture by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. The aforementioned Richard Cross is driving home at some point this weekend in his Ford F-150. It's spacious. It's comfortable. It's nice. He single-handedly keeps Mississippi Ford dealers alive, if we're being honest, but there's a good reason for that, because the F-150 has been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. For good reason, spend your summer test-driving one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. That's the CBS Music, so we go to CBS.com to give you Mississippi State fans' favorite Barrett Salee. Ranked the coaches in the SEC. Number one, Nick Saban. Do we need to even read the snippet? I think right now I would put Kirby Smart number one, but I get why Saban's won the longevity. I mean, that down year is 11 wins if you count the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah. Still the master. Still the master. Kirby Smart at two. Sure. No qualms. Brian Kelly at three. Here's what he said. Brian Kelly orchestrated one of the most immediate turnarounds in the country last season when he led the Tigers to the SEC West title in his first year in Baton Rouge after moving from Notre Dame. In the process, the 61-year-old Kelly has given Tiger fans hope after a disastrous two-year run following the 2019 national title. He's 273-102 all-time, which includes 92-41 and as his record at Notre Dame. He was really good there. Couldn't yeah. Breakthrough, but he was really good there. Outstanding coach, no question. He should be third. Here's one that some of you out there will have uh, an issue with. Lane Kiffin at number four. He said Kiffin took over Ole Miss following the lackluster Matt Luke Aaron has given Rebel fans hope for the first time since Hugh Freeze roamed the sidelines in Oxford. He's 23-13 and 13 in three years leading Ole Miss, which includes a 10-3 and three mark and number 11 overall final ranking in 2021. What's more, he's welcomed the new era of college football and earned the moniker the Portal King due to his success luring players to town via the transfer portal. First ever 10-win regular season in Ole Miss football history belongs to Lane Kiffin. Yeah. That matters. Won double-digit games yeah. in two of his three years at FAU as well. So for all the for all the stuff that comes with him, and there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Not as bad now as it used to be, but there's still stuff. He can coach. There's ball. more stuff with other people. Yeah. yeah, he can coach football. Yeah. There's no other way yeah. around it. He's, he's a good coach. Fourth, I mean, fourth is 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 probably. I I don't know if I would have. <sighs> 
I'm sort of torn at four between him, Stoops, and Freeze. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue too hard here. Josh Heupel at number five. He said he led the Vols to back to the national conversation in 2022, so much so that they were ranked number one in the first set of college football playoff rankings. They won an 11 and two last year, as you guys know, with a win in the Orange Bowl. He's 18 and eight in his two seasons in Knoxville. Uh, at UCF, he was 28 and eight. Good run there. Not like an outstanding run at UCF, but very good. And then in two years, had Tennessee right back in the conversation. You fine with him at five? Really good coach. I might have him a little further down, but I'm not. Again, so far this is a very palatable list. I'm I'm as shocked as anyone. Number six, Mark Stoops. Stoops has brought something to Lexington that not many coaches have accomplished. Consistency. He's led the once downtrodden program to seven straight bull bursts with a double digit or with double digit win seasons in 2018. And in 2021, the Wildcats have finished in the AP Top 25 twice since he took over in 2013, and they have become one of the more physical teams in the country on an annual basis. Sure. I might have him higher, but sure. I mean, everything he said is true, too. The consistency is what's got stooped at this level. This is one that probably drew some debate in states other than this one. Jimbo Fisher at number seven. He said his tenure with Texas A&M hasn't led to national titles, but he's 39 and 21 and produced a one-loss season in the COVID-shortened 2020 campaign. He has eight or more wins in four of his five seasons in College Station, following a successful run at Florida State, featuring a national championship in 2013. What? Where is Jimbo Fisher ranked if Jameis Winston goes to Alabama? He's not the head coach at Texas A&M. He's not the head coach at Texas A&M, yeah. When, so, I mean, the national championship gets, in, you, gets you some street cred. Yeah. But, eh. That was 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Think about how much has changed since then. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. But, I mean, I said he has a national title, so sure, put him there. If you told me right now to pick Jimbo Fisher or Hugh Freeze, I'm picking Hugh Freeze 100 times out of 100. I pick if, you, if, if, if I've got to start a college football team and i got to pick a coach and those are my two options, I go Freeze. He has Freeze at 8, enters his inaugural campaign on the Plains looking to revitalize a program that fell on hard times during the Harson debacle. Freeze was 39-25 and 25 at Ole Miss with a New Year's Six Bowl appearance in 2014 and 15. Led Liberty to eight or more wins in each of his four seasons and played a big role in the Flames' move to Conference USA. Is he too low at eight? Did you say hard times, Daddy, first off? I did. That's not, that's not hard times. Um, yes, he is too low. You can make a case for him at four. You know, I, I said this before, I'll say it again. It's a shame he didn't get to coach the 2017 team. I, th- I think you, a lot you of think this, that would that people would you people would would have a much lower opinion of. Yep. Um, what would we have had happened a text though the other had, day from an Ole Miss fan that said I would take him back in a heartbeat. Nobody would what, say that. What, if he what got happens though if what happens if he if that offense clicks with those receivers and and Shea Patterson and you know what what happens? You could be wrong. I could be. I do think though, they were really bad defensively, but I mean horrible still. defensively, and for whatever it's worth. People that I talked to lost the team, lost the locker room. It, it, it was done. Oh, they, I'm they sure. Yeah, play for him, yeah. and, and Matt Luke got 
so much out of that team. He shouldn't have been the head coach at Ole Miss. That never should have happened. Some local pressure got to a chancellor that had no idea what he was doing. Uh, the fact that some locals in town got to influence who the football coach was. And I'm not talking about like the big boosters. Like Big, big mm-hmm. money people have influence. People that, anyway, doesn't matter. He did a really <laughs> good job with that team, though. Because they, 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 there was... There were issues, a lot of of brokenness and issues there, and uh, kept them together when it was going to fall apart otherwise, for whatever that's worth. Shane Beamer at nine. I said Beamer's second season at South Carolina included a big win over Tennessee and a win over rival Clemson in consecutive weekends. That came after a 7-6 and effort in 2021 in his first year as head coach at any level. He's embraced the portal and molded the program into a reflection of his personality, which goes a long way towards keeping star players in-house. They did beat Tennessee and Clemson last year, but they were yeah. unimpressive until those games. Which, they won the games, but still, it was not yeah. going well until it went well at the end. Yes. By the way, this is where he belongs, though. This is where he belongs. Nine, nine is right. We'll get to the rest of these quickly and then uh, transition to a food Friday when we come back. Yeah, it's Friday. It's about to be 520. Send them in to us on the text line. What are you cooking this weekend? What is going on the grill? What are you cooking? Let us know. 601-879-4395. We'll finish this list and we'll get to food when we come back. Mississippi Super Talk Mississippi We'll finish this list quickly and then transition over to a food Friday. I know a lot of your messages have already come in. Send us what you're cooking this weekend. We'll get to that right after we finish this list. Saban at one. This is from CBS, ranking the coaches in the SEC. Kirby Smart at two. Brian Kelly at three. Lane Kiffin at four. Josh Heupel at five. Stoops at six. Jimbo at seven. Hugh Freeze at eight. Shane Beamer at nine. Sam Pittman at ten. To me, that's completely appropriate, and I think it might even be too high. It works. It's, it's, it, no, he's ahead of Napier. He's, he's, he's where he is. It's fine. Napier at 11. I'd have him behind Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz at 12. Clark Lee at 13. Have, I'd put Lee ahead of Drinkwitz. Uh, I might have Lee at 11. I might have Lee at 11 ahead of Drinkwitz and Napier. Lee's done a more impressive job at his current stop than those two. And then Arnett gets the asterisks because got no. He's one or no. What do you want, Barrett? 
Guy's undefeated. Yeah, Zach Arnett is dead last on this, but only be because year. of circumstances yeah. they don't they have nothing to go by not even a previous stop right so uh so right. there you go um we get this question here why would Ole Miss play the first game at 1 p.m um so, so you, I have you heard, deserve to suffer aside from the fact that they could not possibly care less about fans especially ones that are I've I've got a, a friend whose elderly father goes to every Ole Miss game not going to that game unless there is a cold front coming in. He's just he's just too old to weather that kind of stuff. Or like if you have young kids and it's gonna if it's ninety eight degrees or whatever in the first weekend of September at one o'clock in the afternoon, th- those people don't matter. But I have heard it the the rationale from Ole Miss is either whether it be Lane Kiffin or the staff or trainers or whatever think that it's best to play a game in that type of weather to prepare for the next week in New Orleans at a similar start time. I find that ridiculous. If you have to play a game at 1 o'clock against Mercer to beat Tulane, you're not winning crap anyway. But that that is apparently may or may not be true. I have no idea because no information comes out of that program. But that apparently is the rationale for it. If that is true, it's ridiculous. If it's not, I'd like to hear it because it does not make sense otherwise. But it is after 520. It's time for a Food Friday. Some of the most fun we have on this show is talking about cooking, grilling, cooking out, smoking meats, and our friends at Polk's Meat bring you Food Friday, 520 on Friday, obviously. We'll talk about our favorite ways to grill their Polk's Cajun, their garlic and green onion. You need to go to Polk'sMeat.com and see their entire offering. Also, you can look at, let's say you want the Polk's Cajun smoked sausage. You can click locate, and it'll tell you where to get it. It'll tell you where in the state they offer it. All of their offerings right there, Polk'sMeat.com. Check them out there. No buts about it. Folks, picky people pick Polk's, a Mississippi company, a proud Mississippi company, making really good stuff as well. Hey, Dad, what are you cooking this weekend? You know, we've been making jokes all weekend, all week about Richard not being here. And, you know, we we obviously we like Richard. You know, he's our friend. We like him on the show. If nothing else, Borky, it, it lowers our work rate from a half to a third. You know, so that, that's always a positive. But I am glad he's not here for this segment today so that I won't be judged when I tell you that I'm not cooking on the grill this weekend. All right, you don't have to cook every meal on the grill. Not everything has to taste like smoke. Sometimes it's good to fry things like chicken, which is what I'm going to do this weekend. I'm going to cook some fried chicken. I like I like fried chicken. So I don't have to hear from Richard about, oh, oh, you know, and, oh, I'm going to cook burgers and steak and salmon again. Oh, I don't have to hear that this weekend from Richard because Borky is here. He will not judge me. No. He likes fried chicken. I like fried chicken. I'm what? having fried chicken. What are you making with it? What's your process, too? Process uh, some, first, and then what are you making with it? Oh, we're just going to go. I, I made some chicken cutlets like this a few months back. I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to go flour, eggs, breadcrumbs, and get the get the crunchy pan- panko breadcrumbs, and then we'll just drop it in the oil. We'll fry it till it's golden brown and delicious. With some, uh, We got some, uh, some mac and cheese, and uh, I'm going to do some green beans. I saw a Dano's recipe for green beans. I was like, it looks good. Always looking for new ideas for vegetables. 
go with that. It's Asian style. I like Asian food. Full soy sauce, little sesame oil. Yeah, I'm in. Sounds great. Sounds uh, really good. I'm uh, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to do smash burgers, and, and I love so full transparency. I put like three on top of each other. I think when you do it that way, though, when you get a really thin layer of ground beef, I also chop up bacon and mix it in my ground beef as well. Little pro tip, yeah, as you should. Uh, I love that. Um, but but I I think the flavor is so much better. Like if you like big cheeseburgers, I, I think it it's better if you have small patties stacked on top of each other than having one that's the same size. Just the flavor's better. Uh, the the crust on them is better, and so I'm doing it that way. Just small balls of, of ground beef and bacon, uh, seasoned as well. Mm-hmm. Put a little W sauce in there, um, an egg yeah. to help hold it together. Uh, you know, salt, pepper, garlic powder. Smash them with parchment paper and, and a little smasher on the skillet, yeah. and put a layer of cheese on top of each one, and stack three for me, one for the little guy, because that's about all he can eat. And uh, doing smash burgers this weekend and fries with ketchup I, for him because he will eat ketchup with a soup. Smash burgers, thin burgers is the only way to do burgers, all right? If I want a thick piece of beef, I will eat a steak. Yeah. I'm not going to eat a hamburger. I, I know. Like A burger should be thin. It should be crunchy. It should be on the, the griddle and get all that crust on there. That's how hamburgers should be eaten, Period. I don't, I don't, I don't get mad about a lot of food takes, but that's one of them. Like, if you every person that eats like a thick hamburger, just order a steak. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the text line. Jeff said, "I just ate some pizza and some sandwiches, and I'm about to toss some pork chops on the grill. That's a full day for you." I mean, dang. Congrats to you. Blake in the Delta said he's going to Philip M's tomorrow. We've been his escort to the Golden Moon. Oh. Enjoy your weekend, buddy. Sounds great. Uh, yeah, speaking, of, speaking of good steak, there you go. The best, one of the best in Mississippi. Jeremy in Columbia took us on the road. You can do that too, by the way. We have an app. We have an app, Super Talk app. You can listen to us live anywhere. Like Jeremy, usually in Columbia, he's at Disney World. He said, I'm going to cook some Belgian waffles at the hotel in Orlando before hitting Universal for some roller coasters. a boy. We appreciate you listening. I like waffles. Waffles are delicious. Lonnie says, uh, frog legs, oysters, and alligator tail. My man. Oh, Lonnie. You're living right. Have you ever cooked alligator? No, but I've eaten plenty of it. It's really good. It's so good, yeah. The blackened gator at the Chimes in Baton Rouge, top-tier appetizer. So this is probably a dumb question. Why is it hard to get? No such thing as dumb questions. Only dumb people. True. But I, I have a hard time finding alligator. I know the wild ones, like, you've got to keep a population, and, and there's tags and stuff, but are there not alligator farms in the same way that there's catfish farms? Yeah, you just get, I mean, if you Google it, you, you can find them. There's places that source those things. So, But they're expensive. They are they're expensive. Not, they're not that, cheap. That's why I'm asking. Like, it, it, why is Especially for like something that you don't get a ton of yield off of. True. If you get, like a, you know, like, a 60-pound alligator, you might get 20 pounds of meat, you know? You're not eating the toenails. Joel sends us a picture. Man, that looks good. He said uh, he had uh, Food Thursday last night, flank steak, pinwheels, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Ooh. I can't uh, – there's definitely – I think that's spinach in there, but there's spinach Where and cheese. Where is Joel's and, thing? 
Let's see it. It's uh, six six two. Oh, here it is. I got it. 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 That is. That's, yeah, that is spinach. Mm. And some cheese. Yeah, those look great. I thought that was lamb. That's what it looks I'm like. I'm pretty sure that's that's no, that's steak. No, well, he said no. steak, but that that's that's what I thought. Derek and Greenwood yeah. hate that is uh, smoking lasagna. There you go. No, no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> no, you aren't, Derek. You don't fool me. Isabella smoking a brisket. Good luck. I fail every mm-hmm. time. I hope uh, you have better success than me. Somebody suggests uh, Wagyu beef to make burgers. Apparently, Costco sells it. I need to become a Costco member. They got a, a wide variety of meats that I need to go check out. Can't Worth eat. the drive. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a member myself, and I need to be. But when I'm just buying for two, my, my wife has the bulk, Sam's you know? Club, but I don't have the Costco thing. So, Kenny uh, sent us a picture of him driving, uh, eating beef jerky. He said that's supper for now. <laughs> Appreciate you, Kenny. Get to, get somewhere good now. Come on, Kenny. Somebody sent us a gift, by the way, of a guy face palming, saying, "Realizing the two-lane game isn't in the Superdome, it is not." <laughs> Grandma, bring the refrigerator into the living room and get set to sweat. Yeah, you're. Uh, don't make dinner plans after the game unless you're planning on changing before you go to dinner. Let's put it that way. Yes. What time is that game? It's at three, right? Two, make your reservations for like seven. You got time to get back to the hotel, take a shower. Yeah. We'll get uh, more of what you're cooking on the text line. Send it in, 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Glad you guys are with us on this Friday afternoon. So next week's the Radiothon. Now we'll talk Major League Baseball draft on Monday, and of course college football things will come up between now and then as they do. But next week the big focus around here will be the Radiothon. We'll keep our countdown of 100 teams going. And then we'll be at SEC Media Days. Yep. I can't wait. And then a few days after that, training camp begins. I always say like the first, that Monday of SEC media days is like the first day of school when you haven't seen your friends all summer, and everybody's just like, hey, it's good to see you. Hey, what's good going on? I can't, I can't wait. Can't wait to walk in and see Cole Kublick and Greg McElroy talking, Jacob Hester and T-Bob Bear, Chuck Oliver will be getting set up, Brent Norsworthy will be getting, he'll have been down there since 6 in the morning. Yep. I mean, it, it, you know, it'll, it'll be great, so... Ryan Brown and the guys. I wonder if I'll be in any of their videos this year. I was in a bunch of them last year. <laughs> they had their camera out too wide. I'm just sitting there just like, what's going on, guys? Hey, yeah. Uh, back to the food, though, because why not? A bunch of your messages came Why not? In, so we might as well. Adam from Monticello says, Smash Burgers, that sounds amazing. And, man, it's so easy. It really mm-hmm. is so easy. And just that extra stuff. My favorite burger place in the state, the, the Smash Burgers. And, I mean, that's that's what I want when I get a burger. 
Jimbo says, my wife is making Mississippi pot roast, and we're going to do roasted mashed potatoes and some sort of green, Ooh. probably a fresh Caesar salad. So mashed potatoes, if I, I don't roast it, I don't know something, but if you ever you, you ever do baked potatoes? Oh yeah. Yeah. If you do baked potatoes and then mash them and make mashed potatoes out of your baked potatoes, it's so much better than just regular mashed potatoes. I gotta try that. You need to try that, yeah. Ed's living right. He said Food Friday for me will consist of a daiquiri from Funkies in about thirty minutes and maybe a slice of pizza. I could go for a slice of pizza. I haven't had pizza in a while. This is a, I mean, this is perfect daiquiri weather. And, you know, this is going to make me less of a man. This is oh. great. This is great seltzer weather as well. Oh, God. Man. I still haven't had one. I went. I've not had a seltzer. I went to a bar on Saturday and. Mm hmm. It, it would after, I'd worked out, like, just did a bunch of stuff, like, and I was just kind of tired. And I had a couple of mm -hmm. uh, of beers, like regular beers, and then I was offered a seltzer because they were trying to get rid of some for fridge space, and they offered it to me for for half price, and I had it. And I thought, this is what I should have been drinking the whole time. This is so no, much better. Know. It's it, I have a tonic every now and then with my vodka, but not a seltzer. I, I bet if you had one, you'd like it. I think we might. I, I, I guess you'd have one. In I Nashville. don't like just one. Can I shotgun it? Just put the key yeah. in there and just get after it. Let's go. She hit me up with a white claw. What? Well, what is it? What is the ones that that Brandon does? Brandon Walker. High noon. Yeah. High noon. Yeah. We're gonna get you yeah. one. It's probably it's probably a quick bridge to canned wine from there though. So I don't know. <laughs> Dwayne says salmon on the board. Tried something different. Soaked the board in wine. The other is rockfish, both from Alaska. At a boy. I've never heard of that. Sounds before. great. I wonder what that does. Rockfish? No, the uh, oh, on the board. The, yeah, you get a little, little smoke, a little more of that smoky flavor. It gets into the fish. It's good. Sounds good. Lonnie I had fish last night for dinner. I had a uh, had a couple tuna steaks for dinner last oh, night. Oh, tuna! It's so easy. It is literally. It is literally. 180 seconds. It's the best. That's how long it takes dinner to be ready. What do you season it with? If you have tuna steaks. Uh, I just changed it up. Last night I went, I always put, whenever I use Danos, I use a, I put a little salt on there because it, it, those are low sodium. So I put a little salt and some of the hot Chipotle Danos. And then, I mean, this was, this was my meal. This was like six minutes of cooking. I had that and then I took a cup of minute rice, let that cook. Do the tuna while the rice is sitting there getting, you know, soaking up all the and all that. And then I put some, uh, I have this um, cilantro lime salt and I put that in the rice. Nice. So it was like, it was really good. It's really good. God, that sounds great. Somebody said, turn in your man card. I know, I know, but the seltzers aren't not bad. Not right. They're not Ooh, bad. Swordfish on the cast iron. <laughs> hold on, hold on now. We got a, we got a potential uh, advertiser here. We got well on the line here, Borky. Food Friday. Now we need Thirsty Thursday from Elite Beverage. I need pricing. Kenny, Michael Borky will be in touch with you. Email him at Borky at supertalk.fm. We will we will definitely look into Thirsty Thursday. That, I'm looking at this up a great right now. Show. We're, we're, we're just sitting there getting hammered on a Thursday. Hey, Borky. 
I think you're a really great guy. You know that? You're fantastic. I don't like that Richard, though. <laughs> and Richard's sitting right next to you. What? Richard's sitting right next to you. You're like, with his pinky in the air and the white Zinfandel. <laughs> ah, I know Richard. I know what he drinks. Uh, yeah. I, um, I splurged <laughs> yeah, a couple in. weeks ago and got a bottle of um, uh, Woodford. That's like the most expensive mm-hmm. I'll get right now. Just... Because of budget constraints, that's a fine, but that's a good bourbon. There's nothing Perfectly wrong with Woodford. Oh, and I ordered people, on Amazon the the little uh, circle ice or not circle the uh, the sphere. The sphere, yeah. Oh yeah, makers. now you're fancy. Oh yeah, classy. See, people get so worked up about stuff like that. They're like, you know, they feel like they're drinking drinking cheap bourbon if they're drinking something that's thirty five, forty bucks a bottle. I mean, it's forty dollars for a bottle of it. That's not cheap. I, and I really that's not, it's not like you're just walking out there with a bottle of Mad Dog. You know, that, that's a good quality bourbon. And I don't can't feel, don't tell be the ashamed. difference either. Like, I know when yeah. it's bad. I, I can tell the bad stuff. But, yeah. like, I've got I've got my bottle of Woodford. My, my dad and I had, oh, God, I forget what it was called. Uh, maybe Widow Jane, I think. Uh, I've heard of that over, yeah. over yeah, Christmas, I think that's right, yeah. and, it, and it was a, a lot more expensive than the one I have, and, and it's the same to me. I I'm one not of my favorite yet. moments on this show was I had only been on the show for like a few months, and I made a com- and I know Richard's a big bourbon guy, and I made a comment about a specific brand of bourbon, and he had never heard of it. I was just like, "That's right, I'm telling you about the fancy stuff." I was so happy. Uh, I think I remember like the first thing I ever I ever like got a screen recording of and just kept it. We get a uh, picture here. It says out of our garden except for the country ham. I think I see cucumbers, onions, except black eyed mm-hmm. peas. I think yeah, some zucchini yeah. all in your garden. That's impressive. Is that some cauliflower in the back there? That's exactly what that is, isn't it? Looks good. Yeah, man. They're if they're doing cauliflower, man, that's big time. Yeah, and then the country ham looks great, too. Shout out to Jim to, uh, sending me a brisket uh, recipe and process. Appreciate you. Adam said he's got his notes app out right now. Um, <laughs> t- just taking down uh, ideas. Uh, Darren, the this, this Smashburger recipe, honestly, it, it's very simple. I, I get however much ground beef I want, and I, I will season to taste. I will... Take at least a few uh, strips of bacon and chop it up, very finely chop it up. Little W sauce and usually just one egg to to help kind of hold it together. Mix it all up. Roll it up into pretty small balls. And then when you put it in your skillet, take a small piece of parchment paper. I have to use like a smaller pan because I don't have one of those presses. And mm-hmm. put the parchment paper over top of, of that ball and then press it down. I mean, really press that thing down and in high heat because it's really thin and you get a nice crust on, on both sides. And that's all it is, really. Are you going to be at uh, at Palmer Home next week? I will be here. Okay. I was going to ask if you were going to go to Malcolm's shop. Oh, I would love to. I've never been. I need to go. I might stop in. I've been there a couple times, but now he's got this uh, new seasoning blend that, I, that I'm interested in trying. He's got a Greek seasoning blend now. Greek pulled pork. It's just, just it's good. I can't do. I don't ever do the lamb. My wife doesn't like lamb, yeah. which is a shame. I love lamb. It's very good. 
Yeah. Somebody says, next time add a few saltines in your burger and onion soup mix along with that All right. Egg. All right. Now we're making meatloaf, guys. That's not a burger anymore. <laughs> You're making a meatloaf sandwich. See, we got a couple people that told me to turn in my man card that I that I didn't mind the seltzer I had last weekend. We get this message. This is uh, Leslie Leaksville said, My wife gets the variety pack of White Claw, and she doesn't drink one of the flavors, so I end up having them in the hot sun. They're not bad. See? Yeah, you know, when you're thirsty, yeah. You know. Dude, drink what you want. It's America. Shop Borky's America. What are we going to do when Richard comes back Monday? Cry. Plenty of plenty of golf, NIL talk. Can't wait. Uh, Monday will be an interesting day, though. There will be a lot of baseball on this show because the draft and the implications of the draft, uh, what it means uh, for our teams here. That that will be what we'll do Monday if we're being totally... Yeah. Uh, Listen to this, uh, Borky. friend of mine gave me a bunch of Woodford Reserve barrel staves with smoky meats, I cut them up into four-inch-long pieces. Wow. Whiskey-stained st- bur- wood, that's got to add a ton of flavor to your meat. Oh, you know it. A ton. Final thoughts with you when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi late on a Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. more time with you. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Glad that you've been with us all week. Richard will be back on Monday. Had some fun. And I hope you have as well. So, the SEC Network takeover thing is happening again. Mm -hmm. And uh, allow me to complain to to end the show. Because I like the idea of the SEC Network takeover. I think it's a good idea, and if you're not familiar with what it is, for an entire day, each team in the SEC gets to dictate the programming on the SEC Network. And Mm -hmm. what it is not is a bunch of classic games and big wins. What it has evolved in is, and forgive me if this is offensive, every sport now gets like an hour. And there are no classic games. Everybody's just picking things that just happen. Unless you count last year's game as a classic game. Yes. Right. Correct. So you get, you know, a women's soccer game from 2022 and Ole Miss's takeover. And women's soccer's been good at Ole Miss lately. They've had a good program, made the tournament, all that. That's That's awesome. A bunch of episodes of the season, and the season is a phenomenal production. It is outstanding. But they've got the season tennis and cross country and golf and baseball and stuff like that. And and, and that's all, it's all so well done. And so I feel bad saying this. It's all very well Mm -hmm. done. What I wish the SEC Network takeover was, give me... Six of your most iconic football or basketball victories, and yeah. play those instead. That will draw me in. So we, we do. I want to clarify this because I know some people were complaining about this on the Mississippi State side as well. 
This is what's dictated by the SEC. This is not the university saying who've come to a conclusion saying we want to do this to accentuate all our sports. The SEC is dictating that they do this because I don't know why. Because they have they have the rights to all the footage. Maybe they don't have the SEC on CBS. Maybe they don't have those games, but they have enough of the other games that, that you wouldn't really miss them. I mean, they're showing this everybody's spring game for God's sakes. Their spring game yeah. over. You know, Mississippi State's spring game over Mississippi State versus Auburn from 2014, or if you can't have that because it's CBS, Mississippi State versus LSU from 2014, or something, anything. So, yeah. I mean, I've never really understood why the SEC Network hasn't leaned into being the SEC version of ESPN Classic and just showing games all the time except for, like, when Fine Bomb is on and then when your news shows are on, but, like, during the day, they should be not. They should be showing classic games. Yeah. I can't imagine the replays of the volleyball and tennis and everything else gets better ratings than if I knew there were classic games on. Well, there's a zero percent chance, and and yeah. I, I I understand that there's more to it than that. That they want to promote all the programs, and and that's a noble cause. But I would love to spend my summer watching. Tennessee versus Florida from 2002 or whatever. Just give me a game that was right. an all-timer where it came down to the last play in the fourth quarter. I would and there's plan a bunch of names cookouts that I around it. Yeah. If State was on Saturday and I could, you know, know that I was going to watch classic games all day, I would I would invite people over. Like, hey, let's get together. We'll watch the game. We'll eat some food. It'll be fun. But instead, you know, I, it's it's this is why I'm, YouTube exists though. All of these games are today. So today, Josh Pate tweeted something about the Texas-Oklahoma game from 2021. Outstanding football game. And I remember, and you might remember too, I was in New York when that game was played, sitting at a bar in Manhattan, watching that and watching the crazy Ole Miss-Arkansas game at the same time. And so I watched all the highlights of Texas-Oklahoma. I was like, what a game. And then I was like, let me find the the highlights of that Ole Miss-Arkansas game. And I watched those too. But I could watch the, the full game is on YouTube too. So if you've got YouTube, you can find these classic games. And I, I highly suggest you, especially when we're getting closer to the season, it's time to start watching highlights and, and the good stuff. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do the stadium entrances and, and stuff like that here soon. Yeah. Very soon. And then uh, after week zero, so I wait until after week zero. Every time I drive into the studio, I, th- there's a playlist on Spotify that just has a bunch of fight songs. I'll put that on. Mm-hmm. Fires me up, man. Hope it does you guys there you go. as well. We are inside go. of four weeks until the Hall of Fame game. We are uh, definitely inside of four weeks before the start of NFL training camp. We are 50 days away from the start of college football season, 57 days away from the start of your college football season. Coming quick, guys. It's coming very quick. We appreciate you uh, listening this week and being a part of the show. It's been a light week. It's been a little lighthearted because... there's nothing going on in sports, and so we had some fun and hope you guys did as well. Radiothon next week, Thursday. Can't wait for that. In the meantime, you guys enjoy your weekend. Have a safe and happy weekend. Uh, Shoot off those remaining fireworks, as some of my neighbors were doing last night. They told me they still have more. So we'll we'll see you tonight as well, neighbors. Uh, But anyway, you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Have fun with that.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.